Testing one, two, three. What's up, y'all? I mean, good morning. <laughs> good morning, family. Hillcrest family. It's a blessing again. It's a blessing for me and my wife to be here again, uh, to be able to be a part of the worship this morning. Uh, Marie, will you stand? That's my wife, Marie. Uh, Uh, when uh, Nate gave the invitation uh, for us to come again, I, I'm always blessed uh, to be to come uh, if our schedule allows it uh, to come and uh, worship with you, to be a part of what God is doing here at Hillcrest. Hillcrest has been a part of Freedom Fire uh, Ministry, uh, helping uh, 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 helping. The, the mission of, and the ministry of Freedom Fire to, to serve in Kansas City, inner city, in the urban core of Kansas City. And we are so thankful. Uh, you, you know, Pastor Bruce McGregor, uh, who started Freedom Fire and uh, the, the work he has done to uh, share the mission uh, throughout the uh, city and, and with friends of ours and people that we know that come alongside of us and support us in what we do. We don't take that for granted. We're in the fight to win. Oh, I like y'all. Amen. We're in the fight to win. The Holy Spirit, God, is filling our lives and guiding us. You know, we have just come off some of the hardest times of mission and ministry that we've known of in the, in the short time that we've been serving in the inner city. And families are being just affected, impacted by the blows, by the blows of what has happened. My wife and I were talking to a young lady yesterday that lives right next door to us. And we're watching and it's hurting us what we see she's going through with five children and, 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 and a single mom and, 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 and some of the battles that she's having that's breaking our hearts. So as we pray for her, and she's just one of many that are, are facing uh, these times. And, and you know, you know what it is to go through hard times. Hard times are not new to us, amen? amen. Challenges, these type trials in life. I like, I'm, I'm glad that God warns us. Sometimes we forget <laughs> what he said, what Jesus said, and the Holy Spirit has to remind us that in this life, Young people, hear me in the house. You're going to go through some stuff. Now, Jesus didn't say it like that. <laughs> Jesus said, you're going to have some trials. You're going to have some sorrows. But he didn't stop there. He said, but be of good. Man, y'all read y'all Bibles. <laughs> be of good cheer, for I have overcome this stuff. I've overcome this stuff. So, everything, like they say in the hood, they say everything. They don't go everything. So, everything we go through, y'all, who, who's overcoming? Amen. Everything, not some things, everything that you and I have faced or will go through, who's overcoming? Be of, have some joy, y'all. Be of good cheer. This morning, uh, I'm going to 
share with you from Judges chapter 8 uh, up, to verse 10, up to chapter 10. You have been uh, studying the book of Judges. Boy, you all are bold. <laughs> the book of Judges? <laughs> Next, uh, Nate told me you all doing the book of Lamentations. <laughs> no, no, he didn't say that. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> I'm teasing. But this book of Judges, unstuck, how the judges fail, how they fail. And I've been giving uh, my duty and my charge this morning is to look at two men in the Bible in these chapters, chapter 8 going into verse uh, chapter 2, chapter 10. And, 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 and the, the names are Gideon and Abimelech. Gideon and Abimelech, the ruling as kings uh, uh, in these scriptures. And if I was to give a title to this sermon, I would title this sermon, The Cycle of Misery. The, 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 this state of being are feeling great distress. Israel was feeling great distress through the choices that they had made. You ever felt distress? I'm talking about great distress. I'm not talking about just, uh, I feel bad because I made a bad choice. I mean, it's impacted us. It's hurt us. It's hindered us. And, 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 and Israel, uh, through this cycle of misery, uh, they, 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 there was repetition when there, you know, anytime we repeat, that's because there's no change. And this is what was happening in the season of this journey in Israel. Um, Gideon's leadership and legacy was marred uh, by vindictive uh, and, and vain uh, uh, spirit, a vindictive spirit this man had, uh, a, vain, a vain spirit. Uh, he had a strong desire, and we're going to read about this, for revenge. Mm. And it was incarnate by his son, Abimelech. Be careful, parents. We got to be careful when we're parenting, when we're leading our children, uh, when we church, we got to be careful as we're leading people, as we're ministering to people. We got to be careful how we do it. Not only what we're doing, how we're doing it. How you rolling, Melvin? What, you, what are you saying? What are you doing? What are you modeling? You know, the people are looking at us. They're not only listening to us as the church. And this man, Gideon, Bimelech, his son, 
He even named his son, we'll talk about later, uh, I am king. <laughs> Some folk then gave, given their kids names that even causes the cycle to continue. There's a scripture that Pastor Nate had shared with me uh, that we keep coming back to as we study this book. And it talks in uh, Judges chapter 21, verse 25. In those days, you've heard it over the weeks that you've been reading it, that Israel had no king, and everyone did as he saw fit. That was the reason for the disorder. That's for the reason for the disorder in many homes if everybody doing what they want to do. And there's no leadership, no godly leadership, no Holy Spirit led in our lives. Cycles continue. You know, several years ago, I was a part of uh, some training for urban leaders. Uh, through Davuli, my wife also, we went through some training. And they took me through twice. <laughs> All right, don't y'all laugh at me. I'm a slow processor. <laughs> I don't always get it the first time. But that's not why the reason they took me through it. I, I got a chance to lead uh, a, group, a group through. But they took us leaders. They, they would go, Davuli, uh, DeVos uh, Urban Leader Training Initiative, they took us through some leadership training, urban leaders. We were working with youth in the inner city. I was a youth pastor at the time. And so they... Uh, would, uh, uh, they, they would come to the city and they would interview you and talk to you. And, and I was chosen to be one of the 12. And I thought that was awesome. I was like, I got kind of, you know, started standing up a little straighter. Not realizing it was a very humbling experience. It wasn't not just about what I was doing. It was who I was as a leader. They focused on five core values that they would uh, share with us that, because they didn't want us to repeat cycles that they had seen in leaders who were breaking down and burning out. How many know leadership's tough? Parents, young people, when you're in leadership, it's like you can burn out and break down. And they didn't want to see that cycle continue in urban leaders' lives. So they focused it around five core values. One of the core values was accountability. They said, as a leader, Melvin, you, you need some accountability in your life. You need some. How many know we don't go alone? We shouldn't go alone in this life. We shouldn't try to do this thing all by ourselves. That's what I love about what's happening here in some of the folks here at Hillcrest and, and what the leadership of pastors are doing. They're trying to keep a unified thing happening here. 
Not one person doing everything, leading everything, making decisions about everything. It's about having that accountability, having folks involved with you. So they talked about accountability. They talked about balance, having balance in our lives. And this wasn't just about what we did, like I said. It wasn't just about ministry. It was about who you are. Not just about what you do, but who we were. And some of you all know about these things. Talked about accountability, balance, interdependence. They, they would say things like the Long Ranger had Tonto. <laughs> he wasn't the alone ranger. Not that young people know it's been nothing. <laughs> But they would talk about interdependence. How am I being more interdependent than being dependent? See, we live in a world that's, that's, that's glorified individuality. Just has glorified individuality. They have made it as if one man or one woman have done it all by themselves. That's a lie. That's not true. Nobody. One husband was bragging to his wife I'm a self-made man she said you should have told me that before I married you <laughs> nobody wins championships by themselves Patrick Mahomes Michael Jordan no pastor Melvin Cole Nate Severson, my sister, Miss Fit. <laughs> we don't do it, do we, by ourselves? You don't. I don't. So they talked about interdependence, and last but not least, a few more, they talked about leveraging and how we empower, empowerment. I won't get through all of these scriptures and these this chapters. I want you to read it. Keep reading this book of Judges and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you're reading it. I'll be paraphrasing. I'll be jumping all around, as y'all can tell. You know, Ralph Davis, Dale Ralph Davis said this about the book of Judges. He said, the church has her way of dealing with embarrassing scripture. We ignore it. Yet, that is difficult to do with this book of Judges. It's also interesting. Only people who take tranquilizers before sitting down can doze off when they read it. Eugene Peterson went on to say about this book, given the subject matter, God and salvation, living well, loving deeply, we quite naturally expect to find in its pages leaders for us who are good, who are noble, 
and noble, honorable men and women showing us the way. So it's always a shock to us to enter into the pages of the book of Judges and find ourselves immersed in nearly unrelieved mayhem. Gideon and Abimelech will not disappoint us. When we look at this father and son in these scriptures, we will see not only in their lives this cycle of misery continuing and in Israel, but also we get to continue to, we get a chance to take some more inventory. See, I've been watching the videos of the preaching that's been happening here. And we get a chance. You could never take too much inventory of your life and my life. We could never be asking God to help us as we journey, as times are changing, as we get older. You're not old, you're getting older. So some of y'all gonna give me an amen now. I told you, I'm, I'm not old, I'm getting older. But we get older as God gives us more time. You and I will never get to the point where we arrived, where we're not learning something, where something needs, need not be changed in our life, where your parenting might flow a little different, your grandparenting might start flowing a little different. That, but we change, y'all. We not to say we may not be as strong. We may not can hear as well. We may not can see as well. I thought I'd get amen on that too. <laughs> but that doesn't stop the Holy Spirit from working through us. God wants to do something continually through you as long as you hear. He said, but I, I don't have the strength. He knows that. Just the fact that you walk in the room is a blessing. Just the fact that you're here is a blessing to your family. I don't know who this is for. I won't even talk about this. It ain't even my notes. But some of us think that we're done, man. And if you can't speak, and if you can't see or hear as well as you used to, just the fact that you're here is a blessing. And we'll brag about you when you leave. Amen. You'll still be making impact. Amen. Amen. Believe that with me, brothers and sisters. Believe that. Well, let's get into a little bit of the scriptures. The cycle of misery. Let's look at Judges chapter 8, the first three chapters. And this is a Gideon. I'm going to read these first few chapters. It says, Then the people of Ephraim asked Gideon, Why have you treated us this way? We see a problem. You know, when they start out like that, <laughs> you walk in the office, they go, I got a question for you. Your kids got a question for you. Why, why, daddy, mama, why? <laughs> Homeboy walks right into a question. In this chapter, why 
have you treated us this way? I'm, li- I'm reading in a New Living Translation. For some who don't, I'm sorry. I just grabbed bir- first Bible by the door in my house. <laughs> I got so many Bibles. <laughs> Why have you treated us this way? Why didn't you send for us when you first went out to fight the Midianites? And they argued heatedly with Gideon. But Gideon replied, what have I accomplished compared to you? Aren't even the leftover grapes of Ephraim's harvest better than the entire crop of my little clan of Abizer? God gave you victory over Oreb and Zeb, the, the commanders of the Midianite army. What have I accomplished compared to that? When the men of Ephraim heard Gideon's answer, their anger subsided. You know, Gideon encounters a problem. The Ephraimites wanted to go to battle with Gideon like they had done before. They wanted to share in the glory, maybe some of the, uh, the gain that we get when we win battles. We want to be on the winning team. We want to be a part of everything that is winning and everyone who is winning. Ephraimites, they want to be, sometimes for the wrong reasons. Get the glory. Get the game. Freedom Fire did this. Melvin Cole. The game and the glory. Why didn't you call us before? Like, you, why didn't you call us this time? They were mad. And when folks are mad at us, woo. We got to be careful how we respond. Oh, me. If, I can't, if you can't say amen, say oh, me. Because Gideon responded. And the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, it says a gentle answer reflects away anger, wrath. But harsh words stirs it up. You ever seen that happen? Two people talking, and boy, it's on like donkey cones. They going back and forth. They even made a show about it a long time ago. It was called the Jerry Springer Show. (laughs) And you see people just going back and forth, sir. Ma'am, you see people just going, and they arguing. They mad at each other, and Jerry Springer steps in and say, now calm down. They ain't going to calm down. This is a television show. We got to act for those folks who are watching. They were acting, y'all. But, yeah, but in real life, this happens, right? Within our families, in our communities, in our life. Anger. So Gideon responds with a soft answer. He turned away, and boy, he, he didn't trip with them. He didn't go there. You know, trip is, y'all got trip? We say that in the, in the hood. Quit tripping, man. Man, man, quick trip. He didn't go there with them. He responded with a soft answer, and it 
they calm down, y'all. But before we start to praise Gideon <laughs> for the way he responded to the Ephraimites, look at verses 4 through 8. In verse 4 through 8, it says, Gideon then crossed the Jordan River with his 300 men, and though exhausted, they continued to chase the enemy. And when they reached Succoth, and Gideon asked the leaders of the town, please give my warriors some food. They are very tired. I am chasing Zeba and Zalmunna, the kings of the Midians. But the officials of Succoth replied, catch them first, and then we give y'all some food. That's my <laughs> paraphrase of it. We, we catch the, because they didn't think Gideon, they doubted my man. They said, you catch them first, and then we'll feed you. We'll give you some food. We'll see what you're going to do first. We're going to check you out, homie. We want to see, yeah. Then Gideon replied, just for that? Uh-huh. The Lord has given Zeba and Zamuna into my hand. And, and when he do that, I'm going to tear your flesh with desert, uh, with, with, with desert thorns and, and briars. I'm going to get you. Wow. A soft answer turns away. Gideon like, uh-uh, y'all tripping. Okay. So he goes to Peniel, and, and, and the same thing happens. And he's like, okay, y'all tripping. Okay. He went up to Peniel and, and made the same request of them. But they answered as the men of Succoth had. What? How do you and I respond when somebody answers you, tell you no? I mean, you're and this wasn't a, they were tired. They had been in the battle. They were fighting, y'all. This wasn't like he was just sitting back and saying, yeah, I'm hungry. No, this was right in the heat of the battle. This is, he was tired, y'all. Sometimes we are tired, and we ask somebody to help us, and they say no. No. How do you handle no? How do you handle being rejected? How are we handling stuff like that? Gideon said, all right. <laughs> you messing with the wrong dude. I'm going to get you. Wait till I capture them. I'm going to capture them, okay? But after I do, I'm coming back for you. You next. Wow. Here's the judge acting like this. Never do anything with a revengeful. out of anger. The Bible says be slow to anger. It's not that we don't get angry. The Bible says be angry. We ought to be mad about some stuff. You have a right and I have a right to be mad about some of the stuff that's happening in this world, in this country. 
in, the, in our communities, in our city. You ought to be angry about that. When people are treated, but you know, we got to flip the script. People love things and use people instead of loving people and using things. We got to change that. Flip the script. We need to teach that you love people and use things. You don't use people and love things. So God teaches the church. And when we recognize, when we discern, this is not about loving people. Church need to back up. We need to be slow. We need to check ourselves before we, we, and we have. We've wrecked ourselves as a church at times. Not all the time, but sometimes we made bad choices. We moved out of anger. We moved not out of wisdom. We're not allowed, we, because we're impatient sometimes. And we need the fruit of patience to help us. We need the fruit of the Holy Spirit manifesting itself. Not just talking about it, but that it is working through us. It is moving through us. God is the head of the church and we are the body. And we don't just gather together. We assemble together. Folk don't want to just gather no more. The scattered don't want to gather. But you tell them we come together to assemble. We're a body. Jesus is the head of the church. And I'm a part of the arm or the foot or the leg. I'm a part of this thing. Nothing, body. Let me correct myself. That's how we roll. And you can't separate us. If I didn't know I was a black man standing here, there's something wrong with me. You don't have to tell me that. And if you tell me I'm not your brother... Tell me I'm not your brother. I'm a Christian and you're a Christian. It's wrong, man. If you tell me we shouldn't be together, you're wrong. We're a body. We shouldn't have skin problems. We should be battling sin problems. Leaders like Gideon, with a mindset like that, the church need not have that mindset. I'm going to get y'all. And you know, he did it. If you read the latter parts of that chapter, Gideon, when he captured the kings of Midian, he came back and he kept his word. Read it. Kept his word. He went and got one of his own Israelites. He said, what are their names? What are the names of the men in Sukkoth that denied me this? He got their names. He manipulated, and he, and he did what he said he was going to do. 
Those thorns, the briars, the thorns that he see, he did it. And then the tower, he tore down and, and killed a lot of thousands. I don't know if it was thousands, but a lot of the men in, in Peniel. When anger keeps his word, watch out. That type of anger. I'm through with you. I wish I never married you. I mean, I've heard these things said out of husbands' mouths and wives' mouths. And, and I've heard children tell, I hate you, mama. I've heard people say the church. Talk about the church. Bad. And I say, hey, you better be careful because we don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Some cases, I believe we have. We've grieved the Holy Spirit. Gideon, with this mindset, made a few more choices. That, and the Bible says, from those choices, from those choices in, uh, in Judges chapter 8, 27, all of the Israel prostituted themselves by worshiping there. He, after, a little further down in the chapter, the the what they got from the war, some of the gain from the war, uh, the, 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 the Midianite wore earrings, gold earrings. Gideon said, give me that. Pay me. What happened is that Gideon, they wanted him to be their king. Now, he had enough sense to know that you only got one king in Israel, and it's not me. God is your king. But then he goes back on my, and, and, and asks them for the gain uh, uh, from war. And he made an idol. He made an ephod. It's kind of a garment. And he put it in his home, in his hood. I mean, his hometown, uh, Oprah. <laughs> and folks was coming there and worshiping. Gideon was like feeling good about this, that the people would have to come to him. You know, I'm often concerned about people who are at a, 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 a competition with the church. They don't want them to come here. They want them to come where they are. Man, we got some tough decisions to make because there's too many gods in our world today, too many gods in our country, and, and, and they're spending billions of dollars to get you and I to come there when we should be. When we should be assembling together here, they want us to come to their stuff. And you and I have to wrestle in our hearts what choice we're going to make that honors not us and them, that honors who? Read your Bible. That honors God. If you're a Christian, be one. I didn't say an American. And I'm not undermining that, being a citizen of America. I'm talking about, but first, pledge allegiance to God first, and then the flag. I thought I'd get an amen on that. 
Because we have, church, we do. We don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We talked about his son, Abimelech, earlier. This dad, Gideon, who named his son that I am king, this man who builds this God or so where people come and worship this ephod, on the ephod, and people come into his hometown worshiping. This man, and the Bible talks about the peace. After Gideon, there was no more peace in Israel. After Gideon. But one of the commenters on Gideon's life said that wasn't God's peace. And sometime in our home, it ain't God's peace. People just happy because they eating. We're just happy because we got stuff. And, and we thinking that, oh, it's a blessing from God. And God knows my heart, Melvin, that, yeah, you got a nice car and a nice house, and guess what? But you ain't got me. And your car is nice and your house is car, and you look good when you dress. You dress to impress. And you get an education now. I mean, education. <laughs> and God knows when we, are ble- when we get those things, he knows what's happening where? In our hearts, church. And he ain't mad because you getting those things. What anger God and what, what, what God is saying is like, you're worshiping that stuff. You're thinking this is real peace. And you and I have to be careful because stuff is getting nicer. They got cars that'll come pick you up and you will like, and nobody's in it to pick you. And they got stuff. They got some stuff out here. I mean, the technology has went to a whole nother level. And the things and the material things they have to offer, they nice. They feel good. They look good. They cost too much. But they got a way we can get it. Easy credit. There's never been easy credit. I go in the store, I laugh. They talk about for sale. We got a sale. And I go, you really do, huh? But uh, I used to work in retail, so I know a sale is really not a sale. (laughs) It's just to get us there. But we, we got to be careful because that peace that Gideon has, some commenters say that wasn't God's peace. And so we look at his son, and if you look at the first verses in chapter 9 of Abimelech, who became, uh, 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 who grasped for power, who ruled in Shechem, listen to this. It said, one day Gideon's son Abimelech went to Shechem to vi- visit his uncles, his mother's brothers, He said to them and the rest of his mother's family, ask the leading citizens of Shechem whether they want to be ruled by 70 of Gideon's sons or by one. See, Gideon was acting like a king when he wasn't a king. And so Gideon lived like a king. He had the stuff the king had. He had the the wives. He had all these children. He had 70 sons. Now, I'm from a big family. I'm from a family of 12. I'm the 11th of 12. Gideon has 70. <laughs> now, y'all know how that work in 
those times. But wow. So he's playing on this. And I am, you know, he even said, I'm your kinsman. And they say that out of all the judges, Abimelech was the only judge that appointed himself. He put himself in position. Anytime somebody put themselves in position, we got to be careful. I'm always wrestling in my heart whether men or women are called to serve as pastors and leaders in the church or they put themselves there. Or the church put them there because their daddy used to be the pastor. Or they grandpa used to be the pastor. That doesn't qualify you, to, you and I to be pastor. That doesn't qualify us to be in a position of leadership. Wherever we serve him. Who calls us is who? God puts us. He calls us. Who qualifies us? North Park or some college or some seminary? No. They help equip what God has called and what God is doing in your life and my life. God puts godly people in our lives as we pastor it, as we work and as we learn and grow in life. God works in so many different ways through circumstances and all that you and I face in this life. That's why Jesus said this. I came that you might have life. See, Satan got another plan for you. But I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So who you marry, who you have children by, who you, where you work, what you do with your gifts and talent, I'll bless it when you give my, it'll be abundant in Christ. Have you forgot that? Have I forgot this? Or we are Abimelech's appointing ourselves. He killed all of his brothers to be in charge, large and in charge. This dude, read it. He, hires, he hired a gang of goods. He got a gang. And we know about gangs in the hood. Gangs can be ruthless. Gangs can be ruthless. He hired a gang of guys, and they killed all, all, all 69. Uh, all, all, it was 70 sons that he had. One of them got away, jolted them. He ran when he heard what uh, his brother was doing. And he wrote a, he, he wrote a rap about it. No. <laughs> he just started rapping to Israel. What y'all doing, homie? Y'all chose Abimelech, put him in charge. No. He wrote a poem about it. That's all raps are, poems, stories. That's what I love about Eugene Peterson, what he says about these things. He said, when Jesus told parables, parables were like a, a window you and I can look out of. When Jesus told these, these stories. But he said, it also is like a mirror that we look in. To see ourselves. Bimelech, read the rest of his story. Sad. This cycle of misery. Continue. And just like when I went through that training church, they wanted us to have breakthroughs. God wants to break cycles. 
in our lives. He doesn't want some of the things that, that, that is repeatedly destroying the church or repeatedly destroying us or just moving to the back of our lives just waiting to make an appearance. They say most Christians or most people in the Bible didn't finish well. They had secret, you know, a, a sin, don't, and it's not always going to show itself all the time. It, a sin will creep back, and it'll wait, and, and Satan will use it at a certain time where, where, where folk know you. And they say, she, she, now I'm going to make my appearance in her life. And now she's the president of such and such. Or she's the mama. She got a child now. Now I'm a, because she's been secretly uh, practicing and living in this lifestyle, I'm going to bring it out on her. That's what Satan do. And, and, he, and, and he embarrasses her. I think that's what's happened to the church. You've been embarrassed. And it hurts. But we have a God that can handle your embarrassment and my embarrassment. And when folks give up on you, he never will. And he said, come with all your embarrassment. There's a worship team around. They can make their way up. He said, come, come, come with your embarrassment. So I love you. In the world of Make fun of you, but I'll restore you. Oh, anybody ever been restored? Oh, a few of us. Okay, let me go on this side. <laughs> anybody really been restored? God restores us. He reminds us. The book of Judges that you're studying is a series of being unstuck, how Israel failed. But God never failed. And some people ask the question, where was God? He was quiet, but he wasn't absent. And sometimes God is quiet, but he's not absent. He's faithful. He has never failed. He will never fail. Never fail. My God has never failed. He's been faithful. See, that's why I believe David has songs. Because when he couldn't say it, he would sing it. Keep singing, church. Sing your way through these cycles. Worship your way through these cycles. When you all by yourself, when you feel like nobody cares, hallelujah, sing a song of praise. Lift your voice, lift your hands. Sing a song of praise, sing a song of praise. When I 
I can't remember a scripture, I can remember a song. That's why I like scripture in song. Sing a song of praise. Sing a song of praise. That poem that Jotham wrote, people don't realize that was helping him, getting Israel to think about something, what you, the choice you made. Sing a song of praise. Lift your hands. Lift your voice. Worship. Worship. Sing a song of praise. Let's stand our feet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Church, in this moment, I invite you to raise your hands like this, like you're receiving something. Come on, so many of us, we show up and we come to church and we sing the songs, but we don't always receive him. So right now, I invite you to receive him. Repeat after me. Say, Father, I invite your presence. I invite your spirit into my heart, into my home, into my family. Do what only you can do. Cleanse me. Restore me. Forgive me of my sins and give me grace for the days ahead. It's in your son's mighty name that I pray. Amen and amen. Church, give God a hand clap of praise this morning. Come on, lift him up. And can we give a special thanks again to Pastor Melvin Cole for preaching this morning. Come on, if you're online, Thank you so much for joining us this morning for worship. We're so grateful that we could spend this time with you. We'll see you guys next week. Go and be great. Have a great rest of your week, church. We love you.